Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to The Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group. Hi, and welcome to the Built Revolution podcast. This is Kelsey Henderson, president of Continuum Advisory Group. And today we're kicking off a strategy mini-series as part of the Built Revolution podcast. Um, One of our focus areas at Continuum Advisory Group is working with our clients on strategy and strategic thinking about their businesses. We work with clients on how they can win in their business environment, and we do that through focusing on questions like, what are you trying to accomplish as an organization? What's going on in your markets? And who are your customers? And what do those customers need from you? How can you communicate your unique ability to satisfy those needs? And what are your competitors communicating to that same marketplace? How can you differentiate yourself as an organization? And that one in particular is really difficult as a construction company. We also focus on the psychology surrounding this sort of work. A lot of it is about leadership, aligning and motivating people. It's also about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. A strong leader has to set the direction and become comfortable with making decisions without perfect information. So we decided to bring some of these conversations to the Build Revolution podcast, and today we're going to kick off that strategy mini-series. So with me today is Clark Ellis, Principal with Continuum Advisory Group. Clark, I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background uh, with strategy. Thanks, Kelsey. It's great to be here with this topic. Uh, it's, it's one uh, that is uh, very near to my heart. I've been studying strategy since I was in grad school and even before and have, have been a student, continue to be a student of it, and uh, have been fortunate and honored to be able to, to help and collaborate with a number of clients from the late 90s uh, to the present in helping them think about strategy. How, how can their organizations win? How can they be successful in an environment that uh, continue to be challenging. Uh, and in fact, I think is more challenging with every year. So that's, that's sort of where I am uh, in, the, uh, in the practice. You know, to some degree, as, as I get older, there's that whole dynamic of, I feel like I know less now than I knew when I was 30, but that probably makes me a better consultant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that holds true. Um, so why is this conversation about strategy relevant now? Well, you know, I, I kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but, you know, really I've seen this sort of organic shift, uh, you know, from the 90s when I first really started in, in, in client service, where strategy was very much about strategic planning and what was really kind of a linear process of, okay, here's, here's what we decide we're going to do. Uh, you know, we're going to enter you know, this market. We're going to build up our capabilities to do better project management, or if it's a you know, manufacturing company, we're, we're going to you know, develop these products or increase our capacity, our manufacturing capacity for this and that reason. And that begets a whole list of actions that have to take place. And then you know, implementation is you know, essentially just moving through a to-do list, you know, kind of in sequence. And it's, it's a little more serious than that. And obviously, sometimes companies would kind of peter out or the efforts would peter out or, or meander or they would, they would kind of go all the way through that. 
But regardless, the strategy was not really something that I think was a daily topic, particularly at the operating level. Maybe at the C-suite, uh, there was a lot of focus on it, but uh, didn't really penetrate the organization. So over, over this last 25 years uh, or so of my career, I think the business environment has become more dynamic. You know, we hear the uh, acronym VUCA a lot, which is variable, uncertain. Uh, I always forget the C. Uh, in VUCA. I know A is ambiguous. Complex. Complex. Ah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. See, it's, the environment is so VUCA that I, I can't even remember the, the acronym. But um, because of this sort of increasing dynamism of the environment, major structural issues happening, you know, the financial crisis of 08, uh, the pandemic, technology, you know, change. Now we're getting ready to jump into this next round of change with AI really becoming ascendant. You know, right now. So I think organizations have kind of naturally moved away from that linear thinking to something that's a little bit more uh, flexible, you know, where companies are really thinking more in terms of, okay, here's a few things we want to accomplish and let's kind of keep focused on that and, and be willing to change. But I think one of the dangers is that without a real strong foundation in terms of understanding who is this company, who are we, and why are we here, you know, what are we here to accomplish, what's our mission? You know, what are our values? What are the things we absolutely won't change to, about who we are and the way we do things that, uh, you know, you really don't have any strategy. It's very easy to kind of shift from one thing to the next and kind of be chasing shadows versus having a good strategy and being able and willing to be flexible and to react with agility within that strategic framework. I think that's what we try to help clients with is really understanding that framework. You know, who are we? Uh, what are we here to do? What are the, the non-negotiables in terms of how we conduct ourselves and conduct our business? And then with, within that framework, now we think about, okay, what, what are the right goals? And then how do we pursue those goals in this environment? And how do we know when it may be time to either you know, change course completely or at least to correct a little bit or to say, you know what? We said we wanted to get really intimate with our, with our customers here in this particular segment, but we've really not been able to move the needle. So maybe we need to take a step back and figure out if there's something else that the customers want. Maybe they're not interested in that. They just want someone to deliver something that's more productized and that they, they can buy more as a commodity. And, and maybe we need to figure out if we can align with that. So uh, I don't know if I answered your question, but, uh, <laughs> but we're experiencing that evolution. I think, again, driven by... The, the rate of change and the unpredictability of change. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good start. So, you know, knowing that we're in this environment where this VUCA environment, where it's really easy to get caught up on being reactive, putting out the fires, that sort of thing. And it takes a lot of purposeful intent to really focus on business strategy and do that effectively. So what would be the most important thing for an organization to spend its time on? Or, or where would you suggest that an organization start with this process? Well, I think, um, you know, and this is going to be different uh, for each organization in terms of where they are. You know, a lot of organizations are really pretty good on their long range vision with what's the big problem they're trying to solve in the universe. Uh, the mission, which is sort of, you know, we exist to do X, Y, and Z and, and their values, the things that they, that, that are really critically important that they're not willing to sacrifice. So those, those, if you don't have at least a good idea uh, along those those three dimensions, that's a really important place to start. But most most organizations have some work done on that and some understanding. So it really becomes more about maybe clarity, clarifying, maybe communicating better you know, throughout the organization, uh, ensuring that that there's there's an understanding, and then also 
you know, some self-awareness and whether the organization is, is acting in a way that's aligned with those, those key elements of vision, values, and mission. You know, and that, that often uh, is something that, um, that happens if, you, if you're not paying you know, close attention to it, if you're not using uh, those elements as kind of a filter to some degree for what you're doing as an organization. It's easy, it's easy to drift. Um, you know, for example, if, if, if you're a you know, home builder and your, your main focus is really on margin, you know, it's really, it could be really easy to take a short-term you know, focus and be willing to tolerate quality that maybe doesn't conform to the standard that, that you should be uh, aiming for, or maybe that you're okay with, uh, with certain behaviors in your staff, uh, as long as you're driving, you know, higher margin that may be destructive to, to internal culture, maybe, uh, are leading to, uh, customer experience that isn't, uh, really what it ought to be. Right. So making decisions that, you know, really aren't in line with your brand or, yeah. or your culture or potentially even your ethics. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's maybe, you know, you can take that to an extreme, you know, like, like many things drift happens gradually and, uh, but it doesn't take too much drift in some cases to get pretty far off course. If you're off by a few degrees, once you've traveled far enough, you, you could be off by you know hundreds of miles if your course is just off by a few degrees. So that's that's it's really important, you know, to to maintain that that understanding of you know making sure you're aligned. You know, the things you're doing, the way you're doing them, are aligned with, with your values, your vision, your mission, and kind of who you are as an organization. So, what's the flip side of that? Do you have an example of whether you know real or, or hypothetical of where that alignment? you know, truly shines through and, and helps drive the strategy of an organization? Yeah, there's, I, I've got a number one, one that comes to mind uh, is actually a construction company, an underground contractor, utility contractor that just did a fantastic job uh, with values. And they had great kind of typical core values, you would say, you know, honesty, integrity, uh, always doing the right thing. And those are really important. But their, their final core value was the one that kind of reinforced it to me and it really reinforced the culture. And it was, remember, we dig ditches. It, it was one of those things that what, it was there to reinforce, you know, the humility. Look, let's not get, you know, get bigger than, you know, too big for our britches. Let's, let's not, you know, be too egotistical. Let, let's keep, our, keep ourselves the right, our kind of attitude in the right space. You know, and that organization, uh, the time I was working with them, you know, had a phenomenally productive culture very positive, great people, uh, highly motivated, uh, focused on, on, on the, uh, on the, on the mission. Um, you know, and so I think to me, that was an example where leadership did a great job of communicating. Now you, you could have had those values and if you were acting, you wouldn't necessarily have to continue to act, you know, humble. You, you could have thought, well, that looks cool on a, on a bumper sticker. We're going to communicate that out to our customers. So they think we're humble. Right. Um, but, but this organization took that very seriously uh, focused on it, and they were all bought into it, and every, and everyone really responded to it that, that worked there. So that was uh, that's a one example that comes to mind. There's there's others as well, but that that's one that really kind of I think answers the question pretty directly. Okay, so going forward with this mini series, we're going to focus on four strategic imperatives. Will you give me just a high level kind of sneak peek overview of of what those four imperatives are and what people can expect as we move forward? Sure. Um, you know, and, and these kind of reflect uh, where our thinking has evolved on strategy. And, and one of those is that because you're deal- we're dealing with volatility and change uh, so much and unpredictability, it's critical to scan the business environment you know, continually. You really have a, a good idea of what's happening with demand. What's the competition up to? 
what's happening in the regulatory environment or in the legislative environment that might affect you know the business. Um, you know, a good example of that if you're a, an industrial or a, or a manufacturing company or a construction company, you know, the Chips Act uh, has you know totally opened the floodgates on investment in high tech and, and construction and, and EVs and et cetera. So that's an example of, of legislation that's had a massive effect on a market. What are the suppliers up to? Uh, you know, are, are, you know, we've had a lot of issues with that. It's been top of mind. All of a sudden, everybody has a supply chain uh, function in the construction space that used to be called purchasing, right? Um, and now it's supply chain because we've had so many disruptions because of the pandemic and the, the aftermath of the pandemic. And then, and then technology as well. Uh, there's so many different uh, technologies that are, that are uh, in, increasing. Some of them, a lot of them are software related, uh, AI related. Uh, sensor data that, that's collecting you know, information via uh, the Internet of Things. Uh, it's giving us more and more access to data on projects, but also on facilities and buildings once they're built. So that they're giving us lots of insight that can help us uh, to both operate, manage, and design better facilities in the future. So there's a, a very a significant uh, component of, of, of needing to scan the business environment to, to make sure that your your strategy is on is on course, uh, that you're focused on the right things going forward, and also that you're you're trying to identify threats uh, that that could take you off course. The second one, I would put it in in the category of internal communications. Companies often don't focus enough on internal communications, and it is at least as important, if not maybe more important than external. Communications, you know, marketing and sales and those, those types of communications and PR. So this is about sharing, I'd say even oversharing strategic information inside the company. And that means keeping those values, you know, top of mind, communicating them, talking about how they, how they get manifested in the company, talking about what's going on in the market, uh, how they may be affecting things, why decisions are being made. You know, again, if you go check out Simon Sinek, you know, his, his teachings, the, the, you know, the golden circle. Uh, where the why is in the center, and you've got to nail that why. And so I think that's that's something that we probably we don't do enough of. That yeah, you know, we focus on the how and the what. The two other concentric circles that, that go further out from the center from Incentix Golden, yeah, you know, Golden Circle. Really making sure people understand why decisions are being made, why the organization is doing what it's doing, and also being able to uh, then solicit that information, that feedback, get back from the organization. Um, the third one. Just like you're scanning the business environment continually, you need to continually evaluate your internal processes and operational effectiveness. Most organizations need to do a much better job of measuring what they're doing and how they're doing it, particularly uh, you know, in terms of you know, the quality, the time that it's taking. Uh, you know, one of, the, one of the, the key bases of competition, which, which doesn't get as much um, talk, is, is time. Uh, and if you can figure out how to do things in less time, using fewer resources than your competition, then you're going to, you're going to create a strategic weapon. And so uh, you can only do that if you're really focused on measuring and evaluating your internal processes and operational effectiveness. And then the final imperative that we'll talk about is developing, you know, collaborative and efficient decision-making processes. So, you know, involving people in decisions, but being very clear about how and when those decisions are going to be made and, and, who, and who ultimately has, uh, has a responsibility and the authority you know, to make those decisions. So that's, that's something that um, it sounds really easy. It's it's actually can be very rel relatively difficult to execute. Uh, we do a lot of uh, you know, value stream mapping and process mapping, and one of the things that we that we discover in in that work is very often your know, key decisions in a, in a process about, for example, whether whether to move from one phase to the next are either 
unclear to the point where it seems like no one actually is responsible for that decision or multiple people are responsible or multiple people think they're responsible. And when you're in either one of those situations where it's not, it's not clear, uh, what that does is it slows the organization down. And particularly if you think about construction, you know, one of the biggest sources of waste, particularly early in the process, uh, pre-construction, maybe even in planning, is uh, slow, slow decision-making or delayed decision-making. You know, the knock-on effect of decisions that are delayed early in a process can be massive in you know, construction. So you know, collaborative and efficient and clear you know, is really important. So those are really the four things. Scan the business environment, share slash overshare strategic information inside internal communications, continually evaluate your internal processes, and then uh, make sure you've got a collaborative and efficient decision-making process so you're continuing to really focus on the, the velocity and the effectiveness uh, of those decisions. Awesome. Thank you. So um, going forward, you know, we'll have a few more of these mini episodes. These will be mostly on the shorter side like this one is, all focused on strategy and then highlighting each of those strategic imperatives. We'll probably share some, you know, some more examples from, you know, real world um, strategy work that we've done with clients in the past and, and things that we've observed in the market. And, you know, we look forward to sharing some more of this with you. Sounds great. Kelsey, thanks for getting on the, uh, on the zoom with me today. It was great talking with you as well. And glad we can share some of what's going on inside of our practice and inside of our minds, uh, with, with our listeners. Awesome. Look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the built revolution pod brought to you by continuum advisory group. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod or email us at hello at builtrevolutionpod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.